Thank you, Pastor Anthony. I appreciate it. And um, um, don't let this pass you by the opportunity to sow seed into our young people tonight, right? And um, so we want to help those that could not come up with the funds to make it all the way and pay the full amount of the camp because it's quite expensive, as you guys know, for two days. And especially if you have more than one child going. And uh, we've all been blessed in multiple ways. So there's no pressure, but there's a $100, then there's a $99, $98, all the way down to the $1. So do what's comfortable if you feel comfortable in doing anything. But I think we can wipe that out. It's about $3,000 short tonight that we need to get uh, and, and to raise. And, yeah, we're just going to make it happen tonight. How about that, right? So um, not everybody rush for the 20. Okay, if it's taken, take the 21, all right? Take the 22, take the 33, whatever it is, and um, we can make it uh, available for you. If you did not come prepared to give and you would like to participate, um, you can pull up um, the text to give, and you are, um, I think that, or yeah, the text to give, and you can give that way and just designate it toward the youth, all right? And, and you can do that, all right? And we'll know that that's what it's going for. Uh, don't forget this coming Sunday morning and Sunday night. How many of you are excited about Robert Henderson being here? Wow. Uh, when, I, when I was with him in Arizona, I had the opportunity just to talk to him, and I was blown away that he would even come because of his calendar. So usually so busy, but since COVID has come and all that stuff, it's kind of opened some things up. And, and I gave him the date, and he said, I can make it happen. And for us to, to be able to sit under the teaching of Robert Henderson Sunday morning and Sunday night, I think it's going to be uh, transformational for us. And you don't want to miss this at all, morning and night, because the two sessions I was with him in Arizona, um, and every time that he talked, he built upon what he said previously. You know what I'm saying? So I know Sunday night is it's going to have its own launching pad, but he will be laying groundwork on Sunday morning. And then on Sunday night, it's, he's just going to continue to, you know, he's going to give us two hours of teaching, you know, uh, in both of those times, um, an hour in the morning, probably 45 minutes each session, each service, I should say. And he's going to talk 100 miles an hour, but the fire of God's going to fall in this place. Your light bulb's going to come on and go, here's how I battle for my family. Here's why this mess is happening in my family. I don't understand the judicial system of heaven and the courts of heaven. This right here is going to, I feel by the Holy Ghost, is really going to rock us uh, this weekend. Ready for that? All right. Praise the Lord. I want you to go to Joel, the book of Joel. Uh, I was here last Wednesday night. I want to continue to go there. Um, Joel uh, chapter 1, you're going to go to Psalms and Proverbs. Keep going right. You're going to come to Isaiah, Jeremiah. Then you come to Ezekiel, Daniel. Then you're going to kind of tap your brakes, okay? And uh, Hosea, push a little harder on the brakes because you're almost there. And then you're going to come to Joel, all right? The very next book. Everybody there? Joel chapter 1, um, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders, and give ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or even in the days of your fathers? 
I want to pause right there and just say, I think that this is like the headlines of the American newspaper. You know, we're living in a time I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like what we're watching. He says, tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation what the chewing locust left and the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left and the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left and the consuming locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and well, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has, he has stripped it bare and thrown it away, and its branches are made white. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted. The land mourns. For the grain is ruined, and the new wine is dried up, and the oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers, well, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine has dried up, and the fig tree has withered, and the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. I just, again, want to pause and what a devastating time for the people of God. What a dire situation. And notice that God did not prevent this from happening. You will find that in this text that God allowed these individuals, leaders, men, women, Israel to have their own way and now they're suffering the consequences, but God gives them a remedy. He says, here's what I want you to do in verse 13. I want you to gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Well, you who minister before the altar, come and lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God, for the grain and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast and call a sacred assembly. So guys, as Pastor Marty mentioned a few moments ago, our three days awaken is literally a personification, if you will, a, um, a living expression of Joel chapter 1, verse 13. I feel very strongly that the Lord wants us to call a sacred assembly and hold a fast. I want to talk to you about that tonight, about fasting, and I want to give you some pointers and give you some, um, some practical tips because we're just a few days away, right? I mean, November 18th, 19th, and 20th, we're calling our entire church family through a three-day complete fast, drinking nothing but water and juices, okay? I'm encouraging you highly to make this a family affair and encourage your children to participate in this as well. However, Defer to your medical doctors, okay? Do not fast if you have a medical issue, all right? I mean, you, you, you taper the fast. You modify the fast so that whatever, you know, you can with your 
doctrine. Now, not based upon your own fears, okay, but based upon medical advice. You know, if, if they tell you that you've got to eat a certain amount every day, then you do that, but you fast something else. But the rest of us are going to do a fast that we believe is a complete fast, and we're going to gather here three nights, Thursday night from 6 to, to 8, Saturday night from 6 to 8, excuse me, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night from 6 to 8, two hours of prayer, okay? It's going to be just like it is at our other times of prayer, but we're going to be focusing on uh, our church, we're going to be focusing on our nation, our region, and, and literally repenting, repenting. Not asking him for much of anything, because this is not a time to ask for stuff, right? It's a time for God to move in our land. I'm going to give you a couple of things I want you to write down. Take a picture, if you will. Uh, Matt Fraid said this. He said, you could say that prayer without fasting is like boxing with one hand tied behind your back. And that fasting without prayer is, well, dieting. So we're not doing a diet for three days. All right, your physical body is going to act like it's going through a diet and going through, it's going to be in turmoil, basically. It's going to be in, in crisis mode for three days. But this is not just let me do without food. This is I'm doing without food and I'm coming to the house of God six to eight, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, and I'm going to pray. And during the day, we're going to pray as well, all right? And I'm going to walk you through that in a few moments, and that's going to be at your, you know, at your choosing, all right? Now, I'm going to give you a few quotes. I, I love these quotes just as a builder uh, as I get to where I'm going to go. Uh, St. Jerome said this, When the stomach is full, it is easy to talk about fasting. All of us are pumped up right now. Oh, man, dear God, I'm going to do the fasting. i got the... Angels behind me, I've I got the Spirit of the Lord upon me, this is going to be no sweat, and everybody gets excited about that, but I promise you, the closer you get to the 18th, every emotion and every excuse you have to not fast is going to surface, and you're going to come up with some really cool reasons justifying why you can't, all right? I got to be sharp at work, <laughs> okay? Um, my kids need me to be on the top of my game. I cannot go through a caffeine withdrawal symptom here. And, you know, and you're going to come up with some really cool reasons why you can't. Certainly the Lord understands will be one of the things that you do. But when the stomach is full, it is easy to talk of fasting. It's a totally different thing when the stomach is empty. All right. Now, Mike Bickle, love him, International House of Prayer, Kansas City. He says, when people pray and fast, I just want you guys to know this, there will be an increase of the Holy Spirit activity. Uh-huh. I love that. You can count on it, that on Sunday morning when we gather and the fast is over, this place is going to be electric. Presence of God is going to be so thick. Sunday night is going to be thick. And the following weeks, the residue of the fast, the power and the, uh, and, and the, the release of the, uh, of the fast is going to be manifesting in our services. So this is a sweet time. I'm telling you, you know, this, uh, this revival started because of a 21-day fast. Right? 
among other things. But when people pray and fast, there's an increase of Holy Spirit activity. I love this one. Write this one down. Fasting empties the stomach and the mind, freeing up space to refuel our bodies with the bread of life. So we're literally going to empty our physical body of a lot of energy, okay? Food energy, drink energy. And we're going to replace that with the bread of life. We're going to have you on a reading schedule, okay, for three days. We're going to read the same thing as a church. We're going to send out lists of things that we need to pray for as a church throughout the day, things that you can, you know, sentence prayers, paragraph prayers that you can pray in the morning and the evening and so forth that will just be launching pads for us to pray so that we're all not just doing our own thing, but we're moving in a collective way, all right? Is that cool? Are you ready for another one? All right, keep building your faith right here. Fasting uh, is abstaining from anything that hinders prayer. So what we're going to have to, you know, struggle through is occupying your time that you normally, when you eat, to fill it with television or to fill it with your phone or to play in a game or things of that nature because you're, you're going to be thinking, well, what am I going to do with all this extra time? It's really alarming how much time we do spend in food prep and eating and then cleanup. And how much joy we all have, and thank, thank God for this, in the eating process. It is, it is an event, and it's not wrong. The Bible is filled with festivals about eating and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's, but in the time of the fasting, when, you're, when we're called or when we're supposed to be eating lunch, that is a perfect time to say I'm, what I'm usually fueling my body with uh, you know, whether it's a sandwich or salad, I'm going to fuel my spirit with prayer and with the Word of God. So we're going to have to be very, very disciplined in this, all right? Okay, all good? All right, next. Ed Cole, love him with the Lord. A fast is not a hunger strike. Fasting submits to God's commands. A hunger strike makes God submit to our demands. That's rich. So we're not, we're not literally <laughs> demanding God to come in and to do anything for us. We're literally getting into position so God can do things around us that are His will, that are very clear and very definite. That's why it says in, in verse 14, consecrate a fast, call a sacred city, uh, assembly, gather the elders, all the inhabitants of the land, into where? The house of the Lord your God, and cry out for the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. And so that's what we're going to be doing. Oh God, reveal every broken area in my life. God, show everything in my life that is keeping your spirit from flowing freely, all right? God, touch our nation, change our churches, breathe on our pastors, the men and women of God. Next, are you ready? This helping anybody? I'm just giving you some stuff. Andrew Murray, many of us know him, uh, know about him, studied him. Fasting helps express, deepens, confirms the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything 
even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. Ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. Powerful. That's rich. Can we do it? Can we make it happen? We'll sacrifice anything. Now, the Lord uh, may take some liberty with your life, and He say, okay, for the next three days, not only do I don't want you to have food and water, I want you to abstain from any type of television. He may do that. We're not asking you to do that, but He may do that. He says, let me have a total, complete, literally laying your life down and allow me to pour myself into you. Right? Now, you just hear from the Lord on that. Go as far as you want to go. All right? Now, make sure, Dad, if he tells you, that doesn't mean he's telling the rest of your family on those issues. Okay? All right? It's got to be a grace there, and you've got to be in agreement with one another. All right? Cool? Next? Here's the truth. God delights in us when we fast. We garner his attention, and he takes a second look. Something about fasting that moves the heart of God. You know, the, John's disciples came and complained to Jesus that his disciples were not fasting. The, John the Baptist's disciples were fasting, but Jesus' disciples weren't fasting. And Jesus really hit that right in the throat. And he said, you know what, while the bridegroom's with, with, uh, you know, with all the, the groomsmen, he said, there's no need for them to fast. But then he added this, but when? But when the bridegroom goes, then they will fast. Fasting is not something that we just need to do sparingly. It really needs to become the rhythm of our life at some level. Maybe fasting a meal a week, fasting a day a week, uh, fasting you know, several days a month. Um, that needs to be a part. I know Karen is uh, this type of individual. She sometimes fasts two and three days a week. Uh, especially on her teaching days. She won't eat. She just spends that time with the Lord. And we wonder why she has such revelation, why there's fire coming out of her mouth. It's because of that consecration, right? And, and so I, there are a lot of times I need, I say, babe, let's go grab a sandwich. She says, I can't, I can't. I got to teach tonight and, I, and I'm fasting today. Now, she's not telling you that. I'm telling you that. So it needs to be a part of the rhythm of our life. And when a church fasts, and we turn to Him in a fast, it's as if He turns toward us and reveals more of Himself to us. He gives more of Himself. He gives more power. There's greater anointing. There's more uh, uh, manifestations of His power and healing, right? Okay? Okay? I want you to write this down. If you don't want more of God, more of His glory, more of His will in your life, this fast will be the most difficult, boring, and easy to not participate in it. I'm going to say it again. If you don't want more of God, more of His glory, and let me just say this, more of His correction, more consecration, 
this is going to be the most difficult, <laughs> right, boring, and easy to not participate in it. I mean, it's literally, you're, you're going to have every reason and every purpose why you shouldn't fast if your goal is not to get closer to the Lord. Hmm. All right, next, I'm going to give you a few nuggets. Write it down. You ready? Fasting is good like medicine. There are many in the medical industry, you guys know this, that they will recommend fasting. Fasting rejuvenates the body. Come on, doctors, nurses. It helps. It replenishes. There's a lot of toxins in our body, right? There's a lot of food toxins. There's a lot of pollutants in the atmosphere that get into our body. But God so created our bodies that when we fast, it's like a restart. It's a, it's a, it's a jolting of the body. And it begins to get in alignment. That's why being rhythm, uh, I, I should say having a rhythm in fasting is necessary. So fasting's good like medicine. Everybody say medicine. All right. Um, next. Fasting is a secret source of strength and power. I'm sitting in my office and I and I and I'm thinking about fasting today and I and I came and I and, and I came to the conclusion with this. Fasting isn't about burning calories and losing weight. It's about burning idols and losing the carnality in our lives. Now, you're going to burn calories. That's going to be a byproduct. And you're going to lose weight, and that's going to be a byproduct. But the bottom line, it's about the idols in our lives that get burned, and we lose the carnality in our lives as well. Praise His holy name. All good so far? Okay, I know I'm just giving you bullets. Is that all right? I'm not screaming and yelling at anybody today. Fasting can be seen as a detox for the body and soul. Just as you, as I said a moment ago, that you have those, um, those uh, pollutants in your body, um, both from you know, allergies and things that we eat, things that we drink, etc. Also, our spirit and our soul has some contaminants as well. And this fasting, if you'll submit to it, and be a student of the Word during this, and give yourself to prayer, you will find that your spirit's going through a detox as well. You just find out, man, I just don't have that lustful thought that I used to have. I, I'm not as quick as my temper. I'm not as angry as I once was. Uh, because there will be a detox. The Spirit of the Lord's coming to meet you in that time of prayer and fasting. This is Jesus when he said this in Matthew. Some issues like devils and physical conditions do not come out except by fasting and prayer. All right, a few practical steps as I lay these out for you. Um, no, this is no rocket science. Fast knowing it's going to be difficult. You're going you're gonna to cruise the first hour. 
And about hour number two, you're thinking, where's my Snickers bar? Or where's my little snack? Or where's my, you know, my little goldfish, cheat, you know, Cheetos, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden, every cell in your body has an, an anchoring just to, or hankering, that's what I should say, a hankering. Does anybody know what I'm talking about there? Has a hankering just <laughs> to have something salty, sweet, something, just, just one. Just, I mean, just, just one chip, just one chip, just one chip. Just know it's going to be difficult. Next. So today we begin to prepare for the fast. Your worst nightmare will be if you have a cup of coffee every morning, one in the afternoon or several in the morning, and you quit cold turkey for three days if you don't do caffeine on this fast, I'm telling you, we will have to strap you to a bed <laughs> and pump morphine in your body to keep you from shaking. You understand what I'm saying? So right now is when you want to begin to wean yourself, and maybe not today, but you know what I'm saying, in the next few days, begin to taper off a little bit so on that Thursday you're thinking, I'm not dying. All right? We don't need you pumping ibuprofen, Tylenol, and all of a sudden we got to come and get you delivered from that after the fast, okay? So make sure that you begin to prepare now for the fast. All right, I love this. Be disciplined, determined beforehand to not give in. Your children are going to want to go by Chick-fil-A. And even foods that you hated and you loathed will be like a lady that's pregnant, starts craving things that she thought she would never eat in vast quantities. Commercials on TV that never interest you, every one will be a food commercial. It will be a food commercial. And you will literally smell, you will smell the aroma of that television commercial coming through your speakers. You will smell it and you will hallucinate. But we've got to be disciplined and determined right now we're not going to give in. So touch your neighbor and say, we're not going to give in. All right. And then on this last quote, on this um, last one, a very simple, promise yourself right now not to quit and come to the house of God for prayer Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Verse 12 of chapter 2, or, back, or chapter 2, verse 1, I'm sorry. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. 
Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is a hand. Then he describes all the terrible things that could be happening down and coming down the pike. And then verse 12. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. He says, rend your heart, not just your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He will be gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And He relents from doing harm. So when we come, as you look at James chapter 4, and I close with that scripture, we're coming on purpose so that the Lord may see a people in a body that we're serious in all facets of our relationship with Him. And we come rending our hearts. Literally, that means that we open up our hearts and we tear it open and say, God, inspect me. Analyze the core of my being and anything that is inappropriate in my life. God, I give you permission to inspect it and to remove it. Think about it. When we come into this room, oh God, I open up my heart. Anything that displeases you, anything that grieves you, quenches you, offends you, I open up my heart and I say, oh Lord, I give it to you. That is why in 2018 he came to this house. And if he can do that right here in Dawsonville, why not do it in Alpharetta? Why not do it in Atlanta? Why not do it in Kentucky? Why not do it? But there's got to be some place, we're not the only one, but some place that says, God, we're serious about this. We love our land. We love our people. We love this nation. Come and move. James 4. Verse 7, or let me back up to verse. Um, let me just, can I read verses 1 through uh, 10? Are you ready? And this will be, I'll close after a couple of remarks with this. I can't tell you how many messages I've heard, verses 8 and 9, or should I say 9 and 10. I'll read that in a moment. But here's a New Testament instruction. You ready for this? This is what God says to us as the church. He says, where do wars and fights come from within the church? From among you. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? He says, we lust and we don't have. We murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Think about that. He's talking to the church. He says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss and you may spend it on your own pleasures. 
And then he says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God, or do you think that the Scripture says in vain that the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? He gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And this is where it gets interesting. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now stop right there. These three days is when we are corporately drawing near to him. And we have his promise he's going to draw near to us. But he says, I need you to cleanse your hands. I need you to purify your hearts. And look at verse 9. I need you to lament and mourn and weep. He said, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. He's talking to a specific people at a specific time. But I feel very, very, very um, confident that this word can apply to us as well. Our church, churches, America. We've had a lot of uplifting services in America, haven't we? I mean, every church service you go to, our goal is to pump you up, edify you, encourage you, which is good. But have you ever been to a church service where the whole goal is to cry? To lament and to mourn and to see ourselves standing before a holy God and say, oh God, I want to draw closer to you. I, want to, I, want, I resist the devil from this point forward and I want to draw close to you. And Lord, I know that I've got thoughts and addictions and unforgiveness and impurities in my life. I just, Lord, I want those gone. I give them to you. And I just weep before you, O oh God. Have mercy on me. And if he can find a humble church, he'll move. He'll move. So those are heavy words tonight. I mean, they're very heavy. But we're going to move the needle. I promise you. We're going to move the needle in America on those three nights. There's people all over the country that will be joining us. We'll be piping in live every, every night for two hours and house churches and homes all across the country. Other churches are participating. We're going to move the needle. This is not condemnation. This is not beating anybody up. This is not, you know, having a faux um, emotional weeping service where we just kind of go through the... No, this is... We're praying that the Spirit of God would come into this place so strongly that His holiness would be here that we would just become undone in His presence. Stand your feet. I want to bless you before you go tonight. So Lord Jesus, as we prepare, we know that all of hell 
shudders at the moment that we come together to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways. All of hell will prevent and try to prevent, I should say, our participation. Stress, anxiety. But Lord, I stand in the midst of an army of well-trained, well-disciplined individuals that have literally taken the oath, whether by life or whether by death, may Jesus be glorified in my body. And Lord, we so love our family, we so love our community, we so love our church, we so love this land that we will be the first cause, that we'll take the first step on these nights. I pray for supernatural strength to our people, that our children will see what our parents are doing and want to join. And Lord, they too will experience breakthroughs in, in their life. Peace and comfort coming to their hearts and minds. No more nightmares. No more sickness. Well, certain things only come out through prayer and fasting. We'll walk softly with one another, tenderly, gently, lovingly. We'll be kind, supportive. Our church is going to expand, Lord, in the glory realm. The glory in this house is going to expand higher, wider, and deeper. We fast not just for ourselves, O oh Lord, but we fast for your kingdom. And may your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And everybody in the house said, Amen, 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 Amen. So the week of of our fast, you'll be getting uh, some emails. We'll be posting it on Facebook. If, we, if you don't get an email, here's the scripture for the day. Here are a few prayers that you can pray as far as launching pads. All right? Now, any of you need a prayer cloth tonight, we want you to come up and get prayer cloths. These right here are already designated to be sent out. They'll be going out tomorrow. The offering envelopes over here to my right and your left Let's make sure all of them are gone. Don't leave without taking one or two, maybe three or four that you can do. And um, I don't know where the hundreds are. I don't know, are the hundreds, is it chronological or is it everywhere? Okay, yeah. So just find the number you're comfortable with if you want one. You want to say something? I do want to say something. And the reason I want to is because, you know, I did youth ministry for 18 years. And... How many of you have been in the presence of a person that's under the age of 25 in the last little bit and you walk away going, God, I wish the Lord would do something in the young people. Well, it's kind of like not going to vote and then complaining about who the president is. If you don't sow a seed into young people, please don't complain about them. They're where they are today because we don't sow seeds into their life. They're where they are today because we don't care enough to fast and pray for them. So there's a hundred envelopes. Nobody has to give more than a hundred dollars. And it takes care of the entire trip. I did this for years. This is the easiest fundraiser there is. I'll give the hundred. So somebody give me the hundred. I'll give the hundred. And nobody else has to give more than that. Nobody has to give more than $99. So please don't let me hear you complain about a young person. 
if you're not willing to sow a dollar, four dollars, six dollars into their life. They need us more now. The Lord told me one time, we don't need to teach them about Jesus. We need to show them who he is. So let's do that tonight, please, 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 please. Thank you, Paula Joe. Praise the Lord. So, uh, Robert Henderson, Sunday morning, make sure that you're here for that. Bring as many people as you can. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Does this help you tonight? Did this help you tonight? God bless you. Love you. We'll see you uh, Saturday night for prayer if you can make it from 6 to 7.